There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Penham here as always and as always it's middle of the week or roughly middle of the week by the time you're hearing this. It'll actually be uh, Christmas Eve so hope everyone has a very festive um, holiday season considering um, the craziness going on in the world and hopefully you guys stay um, safe and healthy. That's the main and important thing really right now. But of course, this is an oppo preview. So with that being said, we play Crystal Palace on Boxing Day, 3 p.m. kickoff at Villa Park. And with the opposition aspect of that, we have a Palace fan. It's Jay from the Eagles Beak. So Jay, how you doing? Hey, Cole. Thanks for having me back on. I'm good. Thank you. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. Uh, just trying to keep safe, trying to finish up the last little bits of uh, stocking stuffers for those I do have to get presents for today. And I just reminded myself of that. So I have to go back out in this crazy world and get that done. Crazy but, uh, times. Yeah, crazy, crazy times, times yeah. indeed. Yeah. Like we were talking about before, it's uh, unprecedented, but nonetheless, mm. hopefully we're we're getting to the end of it, hopefully, fingers crossed. But nonetheless, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> let's get on to the football portion of it because mm. I'm sure that'll make everyone more happy. And if people are listening to this on uh, on Christmas Eve, then kudos to you. I know a lot of people might have a little bit more spare time. So hopefully we can fill about 15, 20 minutes of that and get you some of your uh, footy fix, I guess you could say. So, Jay, we'll kick it off with Crystal Palace. We'll get into the aspect right now because I think um, that's what a lot of fans will want to hear about right now. So what are your thoughts on your season so far as a Palace fan? Well, well after last weekend, I've gone off football completely. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks thanks for the invite. Um, no, I use this as therapy. Um, yeah, the season's been, I mean, it's, it's been an odd season, to be fair, uh, across the board. But for Palace, it's... Yeah, it's been bizarre because if we'd have uh, if we'd have got a win against Tottenham, I think it was, I think it was that game, that would have been our best start to no, actually against West Ham midweek following the Tottenham draw, that would have been our best start to a season in top flight for 29 years. Um, when you consider the fact that we'd lost at home to Newcastle and uh, and away to Burnley, which were two dreadful performances and results really, and I'm not saying that you know we should be beating everybody on paper, but those are the games you want us to to win, um, and it was it's been it's been disappointing in parts, but it's it's at its highest as well. You know, beating United away for the second season in succession, um, you know, picked up some decent points, and you know, we we've started the season well. Um, I think we're on eighteen points at the moment, eight points away from the bottom three. But as is always the case, we as a club we tend to look down rather than up a lot of the time, which. Um, you know, you, you'd hope we'd build on a, on a good start that we've had, and then we then we hit the uh, the roadblock in, in Liverpool, who clearly wanted to prove a point on Saturday, and uh, <laughs> they they duly did. Um, and yeah, we're that that's that's stinging still at the moment. Uh, really, really disappointing. But I don't know if you saw the game, but it's one of those where 
everything Liverpool hit went in. Uh, it's you know it's it's such a freak result. It's it's crazy because even even at two 0 down we were still playing well. Four uh, 0 down after half time and unforgivably the players kind of gave up a little bit. But the other three goals, you know, they were decent goals. You probably question some of the positioning, but Salah's two goals. I mean the keeper. <laughs> It's bizarre that the keeper didn't have a chance with any of them. So, so yeah, that's really stinging at the moment. A, real, a really bad home result against, yeah, you have to face, you know, face facts. They are the reigning champions. They've made a statement after an indifference start to the season. And, uh, yeah, we're hoping for reaction against you guys. Uh, whether that will come on Boxing Day is a different matter. But, uh, yeah, a little bit disillusioned after the... Um, after the result last weekend, but you know, there's worse things going on in the world at the moment. So you can't really, uh, you know, moan about it too long. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I think funnily enough, Liverpool all like know all about um, getting hit past with seven. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to jump about that for the Go for remainder of my life. Of yeah. Yeah. Of course it's all deflections and oh yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Apparently that victory doesn't count because they were missing Van Dyke and you know, whatever. Anyways, people can saw it off in my opinion, but anyways, yeah, exactly. um, it counts big time. <laughs> exactly. It's three points that they didn't get and we did. So I yeah. will take that. But yeah, I, I guess with that aspect, I want to kind of get on to, Roy Hodgson because I follow a few uh, Palace fans on Twitter um, like yourself and um, there's a I don't know if there's a kind of a consensus now or there's different ends of the spectrum but what are your thoughts on Roy Hodgson's time at Palace and his future there because I think some people are maybe I don't know if they're a little fed up or they're kind of a little confused and I mean he is getting on in age you'd have to probably admit he's obviously probably in the last what two to three years you'd imagine of his career so what do you kind of what are your thoughts on him and what do you expect from him going forward I think you got the sense of the room pretty straight there actually because there is a there is a, a real mix in terms of uh, Roy Hodgson and, and and his management style and how he does things it's very peculiar because we went on a run of games we lost to the Newcastle as I mentioned lost to Burnley and then we went on a three-game um, unbeaten streak you know we're getting a point at home to Spurs um, and then the two games before that, we were we we you know we won one and, and drew another one. So you know we were coming into Liverpool game off the back of you know three three decent results and you know an unbeaten run, and obviously we were stopped in our tracks quite dramatically on on, on Saturday morning or, or the early game on Saturday even. But yeah, Roy Hodgson is one of those where he's never gonna. It's it's a difficult one. He he builds from the back so. You're going to be, I say, you're going to be hard to beat, but coming <laughs> off the back of conceding seven goals, so that sounds just ridiculous. Um, but generally, we are hard to break down, a side hard to break down, and that's how he builds his sides. We have had, um, we had, do have some excitement in our team this season, which we which we saw in the you know the five one defeat of West Brom, and then we we took that result into uh, the Tottenham game and, and the West Ham game after that, and getting two draws. Uh, and, and started scoring goals and, and playing some really entertaining stuff. You know, the front line playing really well. Benteke back in the side. Um, no coincidence that we we went on an unbeaten run with him in the side, um, starting for the first time in a while, getting scoring among the goals, amazingly. Um, and, and yeah, Roy Hodgson. Um, I mean, let's face it, he came into Palace at a time when we were in a, a bit of turmoil. We had uh, Frank De Boer at the club, uh, lasted four games, lost those four games. Um, and then uh, Roy came in and we were seven games, we lost our first seven games of the season. Uh, but he stabilised us and, and he's given us he's given us stability uh, at the club in you know in the Premier League for, for a number of seasons and 
you know, it's our record stint in the top flight at the moment. Um, you know, every every year we stay in there longer, then it's uh, you know, it's another record broken for you know from from a club perspective. And I have to say, we've got one of the most exciting squads we've had for a long time. We've got good strength and depth. We've got some good youth coming through. We've got some good backup. Um, we've got options as well. So this season is one that seemed to be actually Roy. Let's 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 try and push on and and finish top ten and and see where we go from from that kind of position. But yeah, Roy is, you know, he get, he's much maligned for his substitutions, the timings of his substitutions, some of his tactics. You know, he's very much a manager where, you know, he will lay it out on the training pitch during the week and he won't deviate from that, you know, in a game at a weekend. You know, he's not, he's not a huge reactionary manager. He will go with, he will give those players an opportunity that started a game that he's worked with all week for that particular game. And he's quite stubborn in that respect. And, yeah, look, you know, it works. You know, it, it does work. Um, but when it doesn't work, that's where he gets the criticism. Um, you know, he's an older guy, which probably gets a, a fair bit of criticism for, but he's such an experienced guy. And I, I've i got a lot of time for the guy coming in, getting the stability at the club. You know, we're... We're never gonna. We're, we're never gonna. He's gonna see us all right in the Premier League. He's gonna see us survive every season, season in, season out. I think the biggest problem we have is when he does decide to move on, whether he moves upstairs or, or just retires and, and goes, you know, goes his own separate way from the club. Who do we bring in instead? You know, that that is the biggest problem because we've had this period of stability, um, and it's always the case. Better the devil you know, isn't it? Particularly in the Premier League. You know, we've we've seen that with teams coming up with a with a manager that's got them promoted and you know they never really get a fair crack at it. Um, so fair play to, to Villa particularly for you know for sticking with their manager coming up like that um, managers will always get stick won't they this is the thing you know if results don't go go their way fans way you know fans want to win every game of the season and that's just not practical but you know other fans want some entertainment on the pitch and that's never always going to happen either so <laughs> you know you've got to hit a happy medium and you know managers there to be shot at and I think Roy's done us good you know he fits Palace and and what we what we need uh, what we need at a time. I think there's going to come a time where we actually think um, we need to you know we we need to make a change. Um, and I don't mean you know because things aren't working. Uh, like I say, we're we're pretty stable with Roy in charge. But you know there's a lot of fans out there that just want to see some excitement. You know, seeing the likes of Wolves coming up and and doing what they've been doing since they've been promoted, um, pushing top ten. Other teams, you know, kind of going on the European. Uh, European qualification, that kind of stuff, and I'm not saying that's what we want, but you know, it would be nice to have one season, you know, competing in Europe, even if it's in the Europa League. You know, that's you, you want your team to to succeed and, and and kind of push on as they can. But it's you know, it, it's really hard in the Premier League, isn't it? It's not easy. No game's easy, and you got to look at the teams that have kind of suffered after going down. You know, Sunderland, Stoke, you know, teams like that, Bolton, and you know, further further back than that. So. You know, I think we've just got to be grateful where we are um, and enjoy what we've got at the moment because, you know, th- there's going to be some time that Palace are, are probably go down. So, you know, let's enjoy it while we can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing, and I mean, this isn't the greatest com- comparison because, I mean, it involves Mark Hughes, but I-, I always look at kind of the Stoke example with Tony Pulis in the Premier mm. League for so long. They're very stable. You know what you're going to get. It's not that yeah. entertaining. You'll get your surprise results every season. Um, but you're stable and that, that that's kind of what I see with 
the palace perspective and then you bring in mark hughes which i, I everyone yeah. kind of knows what to expect with mark hughes but a little bit more attacking flair in my in the best the nicest way i could say he means well uh, his contact <laughs> books to see seems to be a a little bit more expansive so you bring in the mm. likes of shakiri or nartovich and okay you get mm. some better results a little bit more attacking football but in the end it ultimately led to their demise the, the mm. stability after that just wasn't there so i guess kind of what i'm saying is you have to be careful what you wish for and yeah, you did say completely. it best i mean appreciate what it is now and kind of hope for the best in the future and that's football yeah. in general but uh, let's move on to um i guess a current and future um star in the premier league and i i think that's exactly what he is and that is um your new signing this season um Eze, uh, from qpr mm. like i mean he's one i'm very sad that villa weren't kind of in for a little bit more and I, he seems to be one of those players that in a few years is going to make the next step in my opinion mm-hmm. and show his true qualities like he already is but I mean I think there's a next few levels for this man and I'm excited to see what happens with him so what were your thoughts on that signing in particular and I, I guess in some way what does he mean to Wilfred Zaha because in my opinion when I look at it and obviously they're different players I compare the relationship and what they do uh, for each other on the pitch i.e. Zaha and Eze to uh, what we've seen from Ross Barkley and Jack Grealish. And that mm. being, you have a star man, Zaha and Grealish, and then those players come in and they can take some of that pressure off and they come more of a focal point and it just balances the team out more. So I, I guess from those aspects, so what are your thoughts on that? And I guess the player that is Eze. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a massive signing for us. Uh, a really, a really big signing. I mean, we've been touting after him for some time. We've been rumoured to to be watching him for some time. Obviously, he had a really good season for QPR last season. Um, but the minute we signed him and got him through the door, uh, I, you know, for, for the price we got for him, I think, you know, for, I mean, after talking to QPR fans, it really gave us the excitement before the Premier League started again this campaign because QPR fans were brilliant. They, they wished him well. They said it's his time to step up to the Premier League. QPR aren't getting there anytime soon. And they they look forward to seeing him, you know, playing against uh, the big players and the big sides, which... You know, you got you got to give them some respect for that because you know, as a star player or a club, you you know, as a fan, I know you, you hate to see your best player go. However, you know, he's in that part of his life where he probably needed a move to the Premier League if QPR weren't going to give him that. Um, and he's grabbed it at both hands of Palace. He's 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 such an elegant player with the ball. Um, the, the way he moves at the ball, he protects the ball so well. And, you know, the way he, you know, just picks up the ball and goes. And he doesn't just run head down. You know, he, he moves at the ball watching where everyone else is and, and where the rest of our players are. And it's, he's so good to watch. It's just, it's just gutting that, you know, we're only watching him on TV at the moment and not being in, you know, in the grounds to see them, which, which is a real shame. Um, in terms of his relationship with Wilf, I think it gives Wilf, takes a bit of pressure off Wilf because we all know the you know the statistic that you know without Wilf Palace don't generally win games you know without Wilf in the side but having seen particularly with Benteke playing I think Benteke playing those three games before we got the ridiculous ending off of West Ham yeah Benteke really did bring Wilf and um, Eze into the game you know they played their best games for a long time and, and Wilf's been on fire this season it's his best season so far for us best start to a season and I think that probably you know, says a lot about the impact of Eze and, and the pressure that's, that, that's been taken off Wilf in that respect. And I think they complement each other really, really well. They're both very skillful players. They're both attacking players. 
and they're both players that can take on any defence, which, you know, will we'll scare defences, which is, for us, it's brilliant because, you know, often you have a team like Palace or Villa that have one really star player like Jack Grealish, you guys, or Wilf has been for such a long time and, and, and built a team that, you know, was that is actually quite solid. But, you know, bringing Eze in, you know, kind of an unpredictable skillful player like he is and can create something from nothing just like Wilf can it is just a breath of fresh air you know it's it, you know it's, and it probably was a downside to us against Liverpool at the weekend you know playing quite an attacking lineup and you know one of the reasons we got belted 7-0 um, is that actually we didn't play a defensive game against Liverpool we went out and had a go at them because we have the ammunition to do that um but I mentioned Benteke. I mean, Benteke, those three games, those those three plus Jeffrey Schlapp linked up so well together. They were, you know, they're, they're just, you know, um, just the way they, they, they found each other and were working off each other really well. Um, and, and it was no coincidence that, you know, they played so well in those three games that we went on a mini unbeaten run. Uh, Eze is just, just going to get better and better. Uh, he, he really is. And I can't, you know, I can't wait to get back to, to actually, you know, to watch him play on the pitch rather than just on TV because he's, you know, he's such an elegant player. Uh, the way, like I say, the way he protects the ball. And yeah, and he comes with, you know, a lot of uh, experience in, the, in, you know, in the championship. He's had his, he's not back. So I think he was released by Millwall, um, ended up at QPR and, you know, over, over a few seasons, he's made his way in a championship and, and created a name for himself. And he's already done that in the Premier League, I think. I think he's raised a lot of eyebrows already uh, playing for Palace. You know, he's, he's he got a goal against Leeds, a, a fantastic free kick. Um, and he's going to go from strength to strength, and it's a real bonus for us. Oh, 100%. And I, I think that's one thing, too, and I, I think we can mutually agree from both our club aspects, is it brings in other players of different quality. Mm. You, you look at it and you go, oh, I'd love to play with Zaha and Isaiah. I'd love to play mm. with, I mean, it all depends if Barkley signs permanently, but I would love to play with <laughs> Ross Barkley and Jack Grealish. Like, yeah. 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 So it, it, it's only beneficial for us. But, uh, Jay, let's get right into um, the actual game portion, mm. because I'm, I'm sure people are crying out for us to actually talk about that now. Uh, um, I love our chats nonetheless. It's always insightful, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's good. get on to that. So yeah. what are your thoughts on the match? I mean, it's it's ninth versus 13th. Um, we have 22 points. You guys have, I believe, 18. And, and yep. it's kind of crazy. I've never seen a mid-table this packed <laughs> in a long time. It, it's just yeah. an absolute merry-go-round from probably like 13th to 1st, to be honest. Mm. So what are your thoughts on the match so far? And I guess is there, from I guess your standpoint, is there any concerns going into this match? I think the biggest thing for us is uh, Benteke is available again after after the suspension. Um, uh, and obviously, as we saw him play so well in those three games before the Liverpool game, uh, he whether he made a, diff- uh, a seven-goal swing difference in the Liverpool game, I don't know. But we'd have certainly played uh, a fair bit better and he would have given the uh, Liverpool defence something to, to think about. And I think he will come back with a point to prove after the sending off because it was it was an unjust double booking, um, unfortunately, in that game. And he, and he served his, uh, his one-game ban in, in his back. So I think that's, that's a massive plus for us. Um, you know, he, he'd scored three goals. Back in the goals, much maligned striker. I mean, you, you know, Benteke from the, his time at Villa. Um, he's he's been at Palace. He's, he's been he's he's got you know he's he's got stick for not scoring goals, but he, he's such a likable character. You know, he he works hard whenever he comes on. You know, he works hard, and he, you know we get the impression he works hard in training. Um, quite often, you know, he's he's smiling and enjoying his football, and he's he's come from a you know quite a dark place in terms of uh, you know struggling with injury and not being able to get back in the side and you know 
getting into the Belgian side. And let's face it, they're number one, <laughs> number one team in the world, and he's you know he's playing for them. So um, yeah, it's good to see him back, and he'll be he'll be a, he'll make a huge difference to us uh, in the game against you guys. And obviously, hopefully, he can link up well with Eze and Zaha like he did in the games before. If, if let's face it, if he hadn't been sent off against West Ham, we'd have probably gone on one because he was playing so well in that game and uh, and leading the line so well. I think if we'd have got a second goal in that without him being sent off, then um, it would have been a different story. So yeah, welcome welcoming back with open arms, and obviously. I think the players will be stinging from that result against Liverpool and will certainly be chomping at a bit to, you know, to get back on the pitch and put that right. Um, so there'll be an element of that as well. Um, Zaha and, like I say, um, Eze and Schlupp linking up with Benteke. Um, I don't know where, whether Roy will go for much in the way of changes. You know, we do have options. Um, I wonder if he will give the, that team that started against uh, Liverpool an opportunity to put things right, um, which is... Probably something I'm expecting um, because these players, you know, we know they're professionals, we know they're paid money, but actually losing 7 0, you know, they will hate that. Um, there's no doubt about it. We've got a bunch of honest professionals at Palace and they would have, they would, they've already come out and said different things to the fans across social media. So I think this is a big, big game for us um, and a big game for the players, you know, to actually, uh, you know, put something right. So I'm, we're hoping for a reaction. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting one because I like, it's a really weird season, but well, especially from a Villa <laughs> standpoint, weird, I mean, yeah. uh, just narrowly avoiding relegation last season and mm. then where we are right now. And our away record is like ridiculous. I think we've won, we've lost one all season, but our home mm. form has been all over the place. I mean, you look at the seven, two over Liverpool as like one extreme and then mm. losing three nil to Leeds, which is the <laughs> biggest annoying thing. Cause it's Patrick Bamford, but anyways, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you look, there's just, it, it's all over the shop in regards yeah. to that. And I, I think that's one thing we kind of have to rectify if we want to continue to be where we are, or push on a little bit further. Mm. Um, so I, I guess from that standpoint, that's probably one concern for us. And I, I mean, we're coming off good form, win over Wolves, a draw against Burnley, which was ridiculously frustrating considering the amount of shot attempts we had. Um, beating West Brom, I mean, going down to 10 men, I think that's been one of the biggest weaknesses um, having that advantage, to be honest, because it seems like mm. when we have too much time on the ball traditionally, we can't capitalize. And we saw some of that, but eventually it was put away. Mm. And then you go into this game and you're thinking, okay, well, they just got absolutely battered 7-0 and you're sitting there going okay how will they come out will palace come out firing will they look to rectify that or does that continue so there's kind of a lot of question marks in terms of both sides but if there's one aspect from this from a palace standpoint is there one weakness in your side that you're most concerned about and i don't mean a player but just an aspect of how palace play really good question um I mean, in terms of we were struggling in centre midfield, but actually, let, let, let's let's ignore Liverpool result. Before that, uh, James MacArthur and Luka Milivojevic had, had played really well. Uh, Luka had been out of the team for a while. Um, he had had COVID uh, after going on international duty, um, and then uh, before that, he'd been sent off. So he's missed a fair proportion of the season. But actually, he came back um, ahead of that three-game unbeaten run, same as Benteke, um, and his influence on the side is not to be sniffing at. You know, a lot of people, he's very much like Roy Hodgson in that fans can get it back quite easily because he's not, you know, he's not the most graceful of players, but, you know, he's he's a very good centre midfielder. Uh, but we do have a lot of centre midfielders. You know, we have the likes of James McCarthy waiting to get back in, uh, Jara Riederwald, who's, who's very good technically, 
um, as is you know, mo- as are most most Dutch players. So, you know, we have a number of central midfield players, and Max Meyer as well, a German who can't get back in the side. So we've got a number of options in the centre of the park, which is what I mentioned earlier. Is that you know we've got a squad of players who probably our best squad of players in terms of options and things like that. In terms of weakness, um, we struggled a fair bit um, at left back. I uh, you said don't name players, but Patrick <laughs> Van Arnhol can go missing a fair few times. Um, you know, he likes to get forward. Um, he has his good days and he has his bad days. And I think um, against Liverpool, he was good with going missing a few times in the second half, which you know, maybe contributed, maybe did, maybe didn't. But I think sometimes when you've got such an attacking fullback like that, you have to take you have to take some of that on the chin, I think, because you know, you can either have a fullback which is you know, who's very defensive minded and, and, and rarely gets forward and looks awkward going forward even. But when you've got a, a player like that who can quite easily play wide, uh, you know, wide out in the midfield rather than a fullback, he, you kind of have to take that. But yeah, some of the frustrations, you know, he, he missed a fair bit at the start of the season, got back in the side after Tyrant Mitchell, who's one of our young players that got back in, uh, you know, got his debut um, last season when uh, Van Arnhol got injured. And he did really well, did fantastically well. And it's a shame that he can't get back in the side, but he's had a bit of an injury um, and, and Van Arnhot's kind of taken that on. So I hate naming players, calling players out. There's, there's other areas of the pitch. We were struggling at right back for some time as well, but Nathaniel Klein's done a great job uh, at uh, over at right back for us, uh, which is good. It's a surprise signing for us, um, come back into the side and um, it's done really well for us. So yeah, in terms of weaknesses, I think, I think more so it's 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 kind of the the tactics that uh, fall by the wayside sometimes. You know, I think this is a side that you know if Palace go ahead, then we're difficult to beat. Um, but then if we if we do concede first, then you know it could be the other way. Um, so yeah, I, it's an interesting one because we're a exciting side to watch. Um, doing well this season, obviously got a game in hand, I think as well at the moment as well. So and like you mentioned, you know the, the Premier League is such a, a ridiculous division this season we always talk about a championship being crazy but this season you know the Premier League look, looks to be uh, following suit and um, you know I do wonder whether teams are struggling at home because of you know lack of fan base I mean Villa Park is a is a big ground vocal vocal support very much like Palace and I think it's definite it, it's it's definitely a case of Palace at home that we do that we miss the vocal support from the fans for sure and I, I suspect Villa is is probably quite similar to that. Yeah, I mean, those are the those are the people that push you on through yeah. the good or the bad, and I, I think that's what's it's the atmosphere that's been dot like honestly the worst part of all of this craziness with this pandemic. It's just mm-hmm. like you can have a massive result and you're happy at home, but you're not able to. I guess for especially um, those who attend football matches and are able to, um, being in the country, obviously you don't get that privilege. You don't have your match day ritual. You don't get to see your friends or family and some for some people it's a way to relieve stress of a work week or any other way so yeah i i think yeah like honestly i i can't wait for this to all be done because there's gonna it's gonna be emotional for a lot of football fans just getting back in those stadiums and the first roars that those players will hear i think a lot of will leave them very emotional as well but uh anyways jay before we wrap things up here uh could i get your score prediction please Score prediction. I I don't know whether I'm banking on it or just hoping that the players react in this time. But I, <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's going to be tight. Um, but I'm I, I'm after Liverpool result. I'm I'm going for a Palace win. I can't I can't say anything different. Uh, I'm going to go two one Palace, but it's going to be it's going to be tight. Um, and obviously your home form has been a bit patchy. So yeah, I'm going to go for a Palace two one win. 
That's fair enough. I mean, these ones are this. I hate the. Well, I don't hate the the congestion of the the Christmas period, but knowing that we have to play two days later, I think it is on the twenty eighth. Yeah. If I'm wrong, yeah. So like, you never yeah, know with rotation right. and what to expect. Um, no, you I, don't. Yeah, like my mind's telling me a draw, but I'm gonna go for a two-one Villa win because I know we have Chelsea and United coming up, and I'm not expecting much there. So, yeah. um, I'll go yeah, for a two-one Villa win. Um, will it happen? I don't know. I just hope the the home form gets rectified a little, little bit because I'm still yeah. secretly waiting. I, I I don't know what to expect it or not, but I'm sure Villa will get smashed for a few eventually. I mean, it feels like every team's getting one or two of those results this season so i'm just yeah, tell me about it <laughs> i'm just i'm just hoping we can have another positive because i'm scared of yeah. playing the likes of chelsea united with yeah. only a few days break with yeah. especially the way that some of those teams can flick on like an absolute like lightning bolt but uh yeah. Yeah, jay so thanks for joining me and uh before pleasure. we uh let you go could you uh or i should say feel free to uh plug any of your socials and uh website stuff of course of course. So I'm editor and fan of the Eagles Beat. You can catch us on Twitter and all our social media channels. Um, also Facebook and Instagram at the Eagles Beat. I'm also a host of the Meridian Sports Show. It's a community radio sport show, which is on every Tuesday. We're taking a bit of a break at the moment until a new year due to uh, different protocols in place in this country at the moment. So um, you can catch us uh, on socials again, the Meridian uh, SS days. So uh, yeah, check us out. Absolutely. And Jay's a wonderful guy. I appreciate him joining me as always. Always love our chats. But of course, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. You can uh, tweet the 7500 to Holt team at 7500 Holt on Twitter. It's simple as that. You can email the Holtcast at gmail.com. That's the email, of course. Uh, we'll leave it there. Hopefully, a positive result on Boxing Day. Like I said before, um, hope everyone has a very safe, healthy, and happy uh, Christmas and New Year. We will be back. Um, after I think the Chelsea game's on the 28th, if I'm thinking correctly, but nonetheless, we'll be back soon. And don't forget, up the villa. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.